Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Candid Combos with Celia Werner. Uh, it is a toasty Wednesday afternoon. Uh, I hope you guys have some AC going and you guys are ready to talk about some sci-fi, some horror, and some YouTube. So today we're going to have James from... Uh, wow, everything just left my head. It's so hot in here. Uh, James from Forlorn Foundry. And... Uh, I'm going to let him tell you a little bit more about his YouTube channel because he can do it a little better than I can, but it's a lot of really interesting uh, sci-fi and horror concepts that, you know, I don't do narrative on YouTube, but he does. So I think this is going to be a really cool conversation. And without further ado, uh, this is James Troisi. Troisi? Troisi? Something. Okay, as long as I got it right. And then you're good. Perfect. So welcome, James. How's it going today? Good, good. Just chilling. I've been uh, actually working on, other than when I'm working my real job, I'm, I was also just messing around with uh, one of our latest videos that we're trying to get up end of the month. So awesome. Sneak peek. But so yeah, what, what do I do? It's probably what, what do you do? Yes, yeah, I would yeah. love to hear a little bit more about your background and tell everyone about your background. So, you know, people know what we're talking about today. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we went to film school together at Hofstra. Mm -hmm. um, I mainly, at least when I went to film school, I mainly did producing and editing. And then as a graduate, kind of slowly moved more into uh, directing since I started the YouTube channel about my last, my senior year. But for the YouTube channel, basically what it's about, it's a sci-fi horror and dark comedy uh, YouTube channel where most of our videos right now are related to this thing called the SCP universe. It's uh, basically this fake government agency uh, that stands for Secure, Contain, Protect. It's actually a wiki, so it's a whole site with 5,000 articles from like hundreds of different authors. You know, it's like an open source platform. And basically what we do is we take those stories and turn it or sometimes like a straight take the words and turn it into a video format or a story format. And there are times we more of do a loose adaptation. Um, but now we're starting to move more into just like general creepy horror stuff since I've been me and my team and learning a lot more about like VFX and CGI and stuff. So I have many questions. <laughs> so my first question is what made you want to work with this kind of content like uh, when you think YouTube a lot of people think of like learning or how-to videos or uh, short different kinds of like you know easy to digest content what made you want to go with more of like a narrative content so originally my mentality was not like to actually run a YouTube channel and get big it was more of like I'll just make some spooky short stories because I, I love horror, even though I hate horror films. Uh, that's part of the reasons why I want to get into horror is because a lot of the literature I like a lot. Um, I feel like it doesn't really get conveyed that well. Um, there are good horror movies out there, though. But um, that tangent aside, uh, basically, I was always a fan of SCP. And then one of my friends was like, because I was like, oh, we should do like cryptid stories like Goatman and things like that. And he's like, eh, it's kind of conventional. It's like, what about SCP? Because we've both been friends of uh, that whole community for like five years at that point, four years at that point. Um, and then we noticed like, hey, there's like a pretty sizable audience that are like, we want movies, we want live action. So we're like, cool, let's like fill this need. Because currently at the time, there were no live action SCP uh, channels out there. So for someone that like, someone that hasn't had any contact with like any of your content before, like, like how would you describe it to them like someone who hasn't heard of uh, scp or anything it's a pity it's a pretty big range um and that's part of the reasons why i picked scp was because uh 
it's such a diverse storyline. Like there's basically, you can get hard sci-fi, which is very like analytical and realistic and scientific. And then you can have other things where it's just like monsters and creatures and things like that. Um, and our, probably our two biggest videos, I'll just use as reference, is the painting. And that one is literally just like found footage security camera of like this inmate who's basically being used as a test subject in this uh -huh. experiment. Um, and he is basically being interviewed by this like scientist about what he's experiencing with this special painting that has these weird qualities that actually ends up uh, influencing him. So it's kind of like a psychological horror where it's you're kind of seeing him delve into like his past sins and how that like ends up on the painting. So when you conceptualize these videos, like how 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 is that process? Because you're taking something and you're creating a visual world around that basically for each video. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a different process. Well, my process actually changed a lot because um, now it's a much more visually based. Like originally it would be like we write the script and we kind of it's more of a conversion process when we're starting out. I mean, partially that's because I wasn't me and my partner, Jake, we weren't as experienced with films. So we're like, you know, let's just kind of go the simpler route. Let's just do direct copy and paste, essentially. But we're just more of just trying to like create what we can. And obviously, if the budget can't fit, then we'll just kind of trim or simplify certain things. Um, but then I feel like as we kind of got more experience, um, I more took a loose adaptation where it was like, OK, here's the concept of the story. And then maybe we can kind of because a lot of times like certain SCPs will just be like, oh, here's this monster and here's qualities about it. Or here's this weird item and here's qual there's no actual story there. So then we started to kind of adventure towards those kind of things. Like uh, one example is uh, SCP-499, where basically the whole thing is just this guy. Um, they noticed he would show up on besides people's bedsides before they were about to pass and he would offer them a cigarette. Um, like that's it. Basically, he's just like a modern version of the Grim Reaper. Um, mm -hmm. but very positive, not, not one of the horror uh, aspects, but basically what we took with that was you kind of made a whole very loose kind of noir film out of it, um, which was kind of fun. But my, my process now lately for the past, I don't know, six months, now that I'm especially doing much more original content and less of like loose adaptations is I usually, I spend a lot of time on Instagram for inspiration actually. So like, there's a lot of artists I follow that horror artists that I really enjoy. So basically what I'll do is I'll save over the course of casually uh, going on internet. I have a whole catalog of tons of information, like locations, uh, creatures, character designs, all those things. And those kind of help inspire me. And then I'll use those as references. And then eventually I get original ideas, um, you know, art making art kind of situation. That's awesome. And we actually got a really cool uh, comment that just came in. It says, I love the Siren Head trailer, by the way. One of my most anticipated SCP projects y'all have been working on. All right. Quick, think... quick note. Siren Head is not SCP. I need to get that out there. <laughs> uh, that's actually cre That's actually our first, I'm pretty sure that's our, not, our first non-SCP uh, content because we're slowly trying to move away from that. But we're still going to be making SCP content. Awesome. I think this would be a really good time to to show people that. What do you think? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right. Let me get the screen share going. Yes, I would like to share audio. All right. Give me two seconds and I will get this going. I will make it so that we are not on the full screen.
Cool. So that was uh, that was the uh, the Siren Head trailer, correct? That is. Yeah, yeah. So basically, it was really originally a fan trailer, but uh-huh. then so I guess I'll explain who Siren Head first. Oh. If you don't know, uh-huh. um, it was a pretty popular like cryptid or monster traveling through the web, and uh, basically this artist Trevor Henderson made it. He's a horror artist, pretty popular on Twitter. I think he has like a quarter million followers on Twitter or Instagram, um, mm-hmm. and basically it became kind of trendy for people to be making videos with this thing and eventually kind of went viral but all the videos were like not that good they were all very goofy and kind of silly um Mm -hmm. and trevor's whole thing is found footage so that's why the whole trailer is like found footage um and kind of retro style so basically what i did is like all those case files were actual lore that he wrote about siren head so i was trying to like figure out how to incorporate it into a movie if this were to be a movie Mm -hmm. but he ended up loving it which was awesome and he literally said like this is like one of the best he shared it on Twitter and like he was like personally DM'd me and saying, hey, this is one of the best like Siren Head videos. Like your video is the first to kind of encapsulate the vibe I wanted to get uh, with Siren Head. Um, that's awesome. And this is the tweet, correct? Yeah, that's the tweet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, super um, fancy. <laughs> and uh, well, he was like, hey, yeah. I was like, hey, could we make an actual short from out of this? Because originally it was just like a fan trailer. He's like, yeah, go for it, man. Um, you know, he's like, just let me know when you release it. I can't wait to see it. So that, that awesome. definitely felt, a, yeah, I felt pretty rewarding. Um, but so like what when when you're like working with found footage like how do you go about figuring out what is going to be visually on screen and like i know that there were some of those shots in there that looked like it was old footage like old movies do you do that yourself or just the footage look nah, like that so when you get it i made this specifically because i was locked down in covid so mm-hmm. basically what i did is i went to like um you can go online, but there's a lot of these archive sites of just like old home fo- footage and stuff like that. So I literally just took these old home videos, uh, like the little one with the little girl that was like from the mm-hmm. 1960s, I think. Um, and it was like her like fifth, uh, her like third birthday or something like that. Um, so then I literally took those. I kind of watched all of it, and then I kind of it's it's more, it's more like a gut feeling, where it's like if I kind of react to something in the shot, I'll just like nab it, and then eventually as I'm building the trailer. Um, it actually completely changed. Like, I think we did four edits and the first edit was completely different than the fourth edit. Cause Nick, who was, uh, he was the one who put Siren Head and did a lot of the VFX mm-hmm. uh, and that he kind of really helped me kind of brainstorm how to reanalyze it. Cause originally what inspired the trailer was all the lore that he wrote, like the missing files. And so that's originally what I was gonna do. I was like, I'm gonna directly find footage that looks found footage relating to each story. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as I kind of, kept seeing what I was getting and what stock footage we actually got, I kind of rewrote like what the trailer and the movie, the, the movie would actually be about, um, which was fun. It was, it was definitely a very different creative process than I normally would have done. Yeah, I, I, I find working with found footage is kind of like writing a story with what you have, like just mm-hmm. like with yeah. what you said, because I've done some found footage documentaries, which this the documentary is a whole other ball game than, than what you just did because it's going, Oh, I'm doing a documentary about a girl riding a horse. We're going to find a shot of someone riding a horse. Like it's, it's interesting because it's a whole other way of thinking. And I like just the approach to it is it's basically like backtracking your story in a way. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? No, definitely. Um, So like my, I'm curious as to like, when you're going into like a project, like what, what's, other than like obviously looking for the footage like what is the the mental like 
what's the thought process on like figuring out how to do that? I'm well, I will say before I even before I'm even figuring out how to get a video done, I'm thinking like the, one of the big reasons I have this YouTube channel is I want to use it as a platform to allow me as a director or creator mm -hmm. just to experiment. Yeah. So a lot of times when I'm thinking of a project, I'm thinking like, what's something I need to work on? What's something that I'm weak at and want to get better at? And so specifically for this trailer, it was I felt like I wasn't happy with. I've only cut like one trailer before that. I felt like it was very generic and kind of weak. So I thought, how about we like use this thing that I love already, Siren Head. It's already popular. So it's a kind of a good opportunity to make something related to that since it's hot right now. I hate jumping on trends. So I try not to do it too much, um, but I was like, screw it. I see people not really putting uh, Siren Head to like what it's really about. So why not? How about I fix that? Mm -hmm. um, so that's but really like me being a bad trailer editor or not as good is kind of what really pushed me to like do it in the trailer format. And then uh, again, like by browsing Instagram and seeing Trevor's post, that's where I kind of saw like, I let the, the lore that he posted kind of write the original trailer. And then we talked about it earlier, but as the stock footage kind of rewrote um, as I saw what I could and couldn't get. Um, but, and it just, it's hard. Cause like, th because everything is so like experimental or just so like, what I want to work on next skill wise, the videos drastically change. Like we have one video, it's about like tomatoes that will come flying at you in different velocities, depending on how bad the joke you told is, which is like, it just like slaps the comedy. While we have mm -hmm. another video, it's about like this monster that like instills crippling fear and like will cause you to shut down. So it's, <laughs> totally it can get a bit like stretched. Um, but I mean, I enjoy that as a creator. I feel like it's harder to get stuck in a uh, specific box. Yeah, and like all of these have different concepts and you can really go with kind of whatever you want in terms of like the like metaphors and things like that mm -hmm. when you're choosing this kind of content. So James, uh, how, how long ago did you make this channel? Because I know right now you are at like 147,000 subscribers mm -hmm. and you are at around 15 million, 15.7 million. I'm not going to discount that 0.7 uh, views on your videos. So officially, so we started officially, I think six months before our first video actually uploaded. I want to say two and a half years now. Yeah, I'm going to go with two and a half years. It's around that ballpark. No more than three, hundred percent. But basically I started January or December, me and Jake. And uh, we basically spent six months preparing. We're like, we're not going to go live with anything. We'll just, we'll make videos first. Just learn just in case. So that way we have a bit of a backlog. And for basically like a year and a half, we went straight of just two uploads every month. Um, but then we both got hit with burnout doing that for eventually, essentially a year and a half. Both mm -hmm. of us work part-time or full-time jobs outside mm -hmm. of this um, as well. I also do freelance on top of a part-time job. Mm -hmm. um, and then basically when we had burnout, that kind of made, I don't know if you want to get too into YouTube burnout because it's a whole other stuff. Yeah, like, we can definitely get into that, um, but you can continue on what you're yeah. saying for this part. We actually have a comment uh, from Eric saying, how do you find a balance between work and personal projects? So, you know, that's kind yeah, of along uh, with the lines of where you're going anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's it's been definitely been a learning process. Um, I'd say the first year I definitely got like constant, this constant dread of like, oh, I, I gotta be working on something, I gotta be doing something. Um, it's like very cliche, just YouTuber stuff where it's like, you're constantly checking views, you're constantly seeing, oh, did this work? Is this tag the best tag? You know, like yeah, trying to I see what other comp competitors are doing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And it, there really is no science to it. I've watched so many videos and so many experts and it's just like the, the environment is changing so quickly. I feel like the best technique was just to like focus on what I'm going to make next and like not worry too much about that stuff. As long as I'm just aware of what's going on and you're not completely oblivious, that works out. But for balance, I felt like I was doing focusing on the hours instead of focusing on what I was actually accomplishing. So I, now I try to do more of a task-based kind of thing. So it's like today I will do a whole week. I'll map out what I want to get done ideally. And then basically be like, all right, today, for example, I wanted to get um, these two creature models done. Um, and I got one done. The second one ran into a hurdle because I'm, I'm not going to get to that. But <laughs> that's all different content. Yeah. Because basically I'm using one of my other friends' uh, projects. So there's always like little, like, we all work in our different workflows. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, I ended up not getting that as done as I'd like to. So it's not like for, I used to be like, oh shit. Like I have a deadline. Yeah. I'm like, I want to get this done at the end of this month. So I basically have a week mm -hmm. left. Um, like I have basically all the footage shot, all that. But I'm not going to freak out if I end up doing a week late because mm -hmm. our subscribers and our fans aren't going to freak out. I didn't promise anything to them. Um, so it's, I think the biggest thing that we did was not doing two months, uh, two videos every month. Cause that really put a strain on us. It gave us this constant pressure, but it also just hurt the quality of the videos. Cause a lot of times we would just do simpler, easier videos to meet that deadline mm -hmm. instead of focusing on like something that's a bit more critical and interesting. So I guess I have to put it into like a nice bullet point. Um, just be aware of like, how much you can output how like effective you can be while still being creative because obviously with creative work it's very different than when you're doing more technical or more like mundane stuff where it's mm -hmm. more of like you know it's you can't always write things on the spot or just like make yeah. a perfect film right on the spot um i get you on that i don't do as many yeah. creative projects i would like to do more creative projects i have the gear to do creative projects but yeah. a lot of my content is circled around hey i'm going to teach you the thing because I can say, all right, we're going to talk about ring lights and yeah. I can talk about ring lights for a few minutes. And then that's all that needs to be done for that. Like I edit it and it can go up, but um, it really is. And everyone, everyone's on point with the comments today. Uh, it is uh, quality versus quantity when yeah, it comes to creative projects. Mm -hmm. um, because for, for those of you who may not be in a creative industry, like you need to plan out every aspect of what's going to be in a creative project or else you're going to get to set and be like, oh, we needed, I don't know, uh, we needed someone's hair to blow in the wind because something was happening, but there's nothing to blow their hair in the wind, yeah. like on set. There's all of these different aspects that need to be planned for ahead of time. Um, like, I know that you're moving more into like some, some VFX and animation mm -hmm. with your channel. But on the actual physical sets, like how long of shoot days were, were those and how much prep went into them? So it varies drastically. Uh, big reason is budget. Like our first four videos, I mean, ironically, our most popular video was our cheapest and simplest to make. Um, so I was like, who'd have thunk? But then our second most popular video was our hardest video to make, um, which is kind of ironic. But uh, I mean, it just, again, it, it varies so much. But I guess a good example is No Fury was our last like live action film. And that was probably the most um, most pre-production I went into it because basically I had an actual DP. It mm. wasn't just me <laughs> running around shooting things. You're pretty good though, so I'm like, you know, don't discount just, yourself. Yeah, I'll take it, <laughs> but <laughs> it's not my specialty. I'm definitely not like career-wise. I'm going to be a DP. I get you. Um, but it means like it had so much where we had an actual team. Jake was helping me with producing, and 
doing audio. We had an actual cam op on top of a DP. Mm-hmm. Um, we had access to like he went to college at um, uh, five city five college. I'm I'm blanking on the name. It's on Long Island. Five um, towns. Thank you. Five towns. Um, gotcha. So he was a senior there. He had access and he actually reached out to us. We never knew him. He actually reached out because he liked their videos, which was awesome. But anyway, basically we had access to all of his uh, gear. So we didn't have to worry about that budget wise. But then we basically, it was our most distant location. We had to go all the way out to the North Fork of Long Island. Ah. And our actors were from like New York City and Jersey. Um, so, so that was like them, a lot of the point. Yeah. Getting them out there, making sure they don't have to wake up at like 1 a.m. in the morning, things like that. But mm-hmm. then we're also working against sunlight because the whole shoot's outside for that one day. Mm-hmm. So that ended up being a two-day shoot, and we usually try to keep our videos to a two- to three-day shoot just because, mm-hmm. like, um, I mean, we're, we're not – we're starting to change this now, but most of it was, like, crew and actors. We just covered travel and uh, food, and basically whatever we make goes in a real kind of deal because they're mm-hmm. all shooting budgets. Yeah. Um, but now since – I mean, we still have really tiny budgets, but now that – luckily that can kind of change and we were literally gearing up to do our biggest project today scp purge which is basically um i guess a quick pit pitch is basically about this one of the facilities it's like a kind of think like area 51 there's like a secret government facility and uh through a sequence of events there's a whole like containment breach and all these monsters and creatures get out um like if you've seen cabin in the woods kind yeah of, uh, something like that um but you know, I think that's hit, on so. our streaming service, and I was like, I should watch that again. That's, that's but maybe like I'll just watch your calls. YouTube channel instead. And, you know. <laughs> no, 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 definitely watch Kevin. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, so that was going to be our biggest to date, because that mm-hmm. was like, ton- we have like 60 shots. We've never had mm-hmm. that many different shots. Um, we had like 40 VFX shots. Mm-hmm. So that was like, pre-pro-wise, that was the most, but then COVID hit and our location yeah. shut down. Mm-hmm. So... But if that kind of, I don't know if that was clear and like. No, I, very, I think it yeah. gives a lot of insight because I, I, I produce, I know mm-hmm. production yeah. for short films um, and short films are, uh, someone just commented, oh, I was just going to say Cabin in the Woods. Nice. Uh, hey, Melissa. But um, producing, like you, you're basically make, making a map and a plan for every single thing. And mm-hmm. yeah. every video, every film has different needs. So if you're doing a, I don't know, minute long comedy sketch, you might, it might be in one location. Everything might be contained. It might be indoors. But whenever you're working with outside, you are relying on the weather being good. You are relying yeah. on everyone being able to get to the location. I have done shoots where people are like, we're at the beach. And I'm like, the beach is miles long. We're on the beach. <laughs> and like, it's a whole process to even just get mm-hmm. everyone there. But there's just so many different aspects. And I, I kind of want to get a little bit into like the post-production end of it with you because I know that you guys have been incorporating a lot of video effects. And mm-hmm. me, I know personally, like I know video effects can take hours and hours to do like 10 seconds of footage. Um, I'm not a big video effects person, personally. Uh, the idea of sitting on like, uh, what is it, After Effects and trying to figure this stuff out uh scares me and i would rather outsource it personally but what kind of things have you guys been getting into through the experimental nature of uh your films so at first i was very much like oh god the effects (laughs) are scary like i don't want to touch this so for a while i had my friend nick who i also met i mean the best part about youtube um just side note was the fact that i could meet so many other people and collab with so many other people that like i've never met in person uh-huh. Like we, our 3D modeler, 
Um, so that's like our post-production team is like, we have a 3D modeler, Cedric, he was in Germany. And oh, Nick, cool. he also has been kind of teaching me. Um, he also does like, um, like smoke effects. Um, he does a lot of like little things like sound mm -hmm. design, things like that. He lives in Michigan. Oh, then cool. we have our animator, he lives in England. Um, so we're literally all around the world, which is fun. Um, but for me, I've been using Blender a lot because that's kind of basically allows you to do 3D modeling, allows you to do animation, allows you to do 2D animation, um, allows you to light and texture all your models in the place. You can even track it, do tracking to live action footage in Blender. Although After Effects is a bit better with that. Um, so After I, Effects is menus on menus on menus on menus, though. It's yeah, very scary. <laughs> but because I have Nick, so yeah. whenever I get a headache, I'm like, okay. this doesn't make sense. He mm -hmm. really helps me, like, calm down. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, he basically is my tutorial. <laughs> so That's I'll just, good. like, call him up. Yeah, it makes it so much easier, much more seamless. But basically what I've been doing these past few days is, um, so I don't model. 3D modeling is a whole other art form. Um, that is super time-consuming and complicated, and it doesn't make sense for me to really learn it. So I learned how to do basic 3D modeling, um, where basically you can kind of model through, like, geometric shapes and less of like oh here's a brush and i'm just going to sculpt this thing out of scratch um so that'll let me do like simpler things like pipes and more like area related stuff so i've been learning that i've also been learning i mean i spent like basically spent the quarantine learning blender out of necessity because mm -hmm. i'm like we can't film we're probably yeah. not going to film for a long time so how about we just do completely cgi stuff mm -hmm. um or found footage so that's like our next video is going to be a found footage film where there's like like the witching hour so every time between 2 and 3 a.m these weird creatures start appearing in the suburbs so that's fun because basically compositing um 3d models over live actors mm -hmm. my sister and friends um <laughs> and if you need any extra people i got you uh, <laughs> i don't well, live no, too I'll, far i'll take that yeah no i'll take that <laughs> up. uh because it's, it's pretty hard to get people now um but like that's been interesting is because if you just take a 3d model and throw it on a video it's going to look really awkward and stand out so I have been figuring out how do I add noise? How do I um, specifically like create um, certain focal lengths? Because mm -hmm. you have to know what camera lens you were using to actually mm -hmm. match the distortion. Um, and then also doing like cloud effects, mist effects. Mm -hmm. um, so it creates, it looks a little more 3D and it doesn't look like you just kind of slap something on top of it. But I guess if that kind of helps. And then actually animation wise, I have been learning basic animation, but I just, spent like all our money on this so better work now basically uh there's a uh, thing called a rococo suit and it's basically mocap basically what it does it's mocap without a camera so basically it's a mm -hmm. full suit that looks like a weird sci-fi suit it's completely black and basically when you move around in the suit it directly animates your character That's so basically awesome. it makes it makes it so much easier animation so if i want to do a waving motion i just wave and that's it i don't have to that's really anything. cool yeah so it's a huge time saver and i'm like you know i should invest in this because we're moving towards literally our next our next project after that is going to be completely 3D animated VR like horror short. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that. But the the suit should make it literally save us like weeks and weeks of work. So. That's awesome. And I know I'm jumping backwards, but I, I see something over your shoulder, and I no the other shoulder. And that yeah yeah. Um, what 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 it, I I forgot to mention that you got a plaque from YouTube. Yeah, for, I mean, for your we finally got it. So in January, we hit 100K. Um, and then they forgot to send us the plaque. <laughs> so so I, I hit up the customer service. But they, we actually just got this um, uh, a few weeks ago. Do you want to grab it? If people want to check it's it out. It's up to you. Know. 
Yeah, I'll show it just in case because they actually changed the play uh, button design. This is pretty cool. Uh, I I saw that he had a picture of uh, this on his uh, his Instagram, and I, I I thought it was really awesome. So for those of you who are curious, it's a whole shabby. It's a little bright. I know it's a weird oh, reflection. There we go. I can see but it they, now. Uh, yeah, they printed our channel name and then the whole thing. And I actually like it. it's a really like nice sleek design. Um, but that felt really good. That was really nice because I was curious. I'm like, how many people have like over 100,000 subscribers? It turns out only 160,000. So. Oh wow, that's awesome. It was actually smaller than I thought, which is cool. But we all know the big the big Kahuna is the gold, the gold plaque, one mil. Yes. So. That's the Our friends at a uh, VBT, which I'll introduce you to them because they need some late night footage. And I think you're, you would be a great match for uh, putting stuff on their network. They're also based on Long Island. Um, oh, cool. They yeah. say amazing. Congrats. Show it off. <laughs> no, it feels good. Yeah. That, that's basically two years of work. And once again, that thing, um, which feels good. So like we're back on the, the, uh, the topic of YouTube. And I would love to hear a little bit more about your experience in the, I would say, creative and narrative community on there, because I, I we always hear about like the vloggers and the people yeah. that do like the, the tutorial videos. But I feel like one of the parts of YouTube that doesn't exactly get enough credit, I would say, is the narrative side, mm -hmm. uh, the people that are telling stories, the people that are making films. So being such an involved person in that side uh what kind of people have you met and what kind of things have you seen on there so specifically for me the reason why because i would say normally narrative really is not uh if you're just doing original narrative from the get-go if you're not an animator it is really really hard uh to get in but because i kind of bandwagoned on scp um mm -hmm. i didn't have to build an audience from scratch i basically was kind of grabbing from this and i'm not the only now i'm not the only live action uh narrative filmmaker which is kind of nice actually because basically thankfully the scp youtube community has been super collaborative super friendly i actually run on just for fun i do a scp podcast and it's just where i interview creators in the scp community um, what's that called scp scp podcast but there's like it's conformed so it's scp od cast cool awesome um but that's been really cool because literally like we collab constantly we've had other youtube sp youtubers write our videos like for example no fury one of our last ones dr samarian who's an author on the wiki and also has a youtube following he has like fifty thousand subs um he's worked on it we have volgan who has half a million subs he's been in our videos he's done voice acting for us That's so awesome. we all kind of collab together yeah it's a really nice experience and then again i met nick max uh, and cedric all through that community um and we all kind of just collab and share ideas it's it's like i was so grateful because i was really worried like you can get these communities where like everyone's like sees everyone as competition um and you can get like star wars communities kind of like that star wars review community i only know that because i've talked to some youtubers and like it can get very much like i don't want to talk to you or collab to you because i'm gonna lose fans to you and um thankfully that's not an issue for us because our community is like it's big because like markiplier a lot of video games have been made for the community and that's what drew in a lot of fans um so that's why it's nice that especially even in the video game community um they actually talk to us youtubers and like it seems like we get to kind of jump a lot of boundaries that normally like normally i wouldn't be talking to game devs um but this community kind of allowed me to do that 
that's awesome to hear that it's so collaborative because I know it, like I in, in a way previous episode, I don't even know what episode it was. I was talking about how like when you first get into something, you're like, oh, like everything is like competition. And if I'm working with this person, they, maybe the, maybe they're going to get the work or this and yeah. that. But the longer that you're doing things, uh, you kind of get an idea of like, oh, wait, no. But like, if I need something, this person is a specialist at this. And like, yeah. for instance, like um, all of the different um, like people you said globally that help work on your channel. Mm -hmm. It's it's so great to hear that that's like available to you and that that's been your experience. And uh, we actually have a comment from Rob. Uh, he, he, he's one of the people at VBT that says, oh, wow, James, you have worked with, uh, Markiplier. Is that how you say it? Markiplier? Not directly. Yeah, no, you got him. No, no, hopefully one day. Uh, I've worked with the people who he's, so he's plays his game SCP, uh, unity and SCP containment breach. So that's the closest I've ever gone to working with him as I'm actually collabing with, uh, SCP unity right now. Um, but who knows? I mean, he actually recently advocated, there was a whole legal kind of thing with SCP. Um, and he personally did a shout out on his channel saying, hey, help kickstart this uh, legal fund. Um, so that was kind of cool. So he might actually know who we are. Um, That's it's awesome. not too far fetched. Yeah. So who knows? So a lot of people see YouTubers and they're like, oh, they're making so much money on YouTube. How do you how do you actually yeah. like, you know, create and get your budgets? Do you guys do it out of pocket? Do you guys raise money? Like people see like the numbers that you have and assume, oh, mm -hmm. They're making good money. So, no, we're not. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, I think I basically originally we kind of put up money up front to kickstart the channel, obviously, but thankfully been able to make that all that back. Um, but basically, that's I basically allow the budget to be kind of guesstimating how much do we make every month, um, or you know, if it's a, if we're releasing a video in two months, I'm like, cool, I'll give it a two month budget. Mm -hmm. um, but so we do have a Patreon. That's like you just need that these days if you're a small time mm -hmm. content creator. We have gotten every now and then once a blue moon we'll get sponsorships you know mm -hmm. if, if you guys want to sponsor but uh <laughs> no uh shameless we, plug i'm putting putting your always, patreon up <laughs> you always uh yeah so we're actually gonna be redesigning our patreon soon uh well this is the current as of that's the what's current today one, yeah. july 22nd july 2020 22nd. but uh next month actually we're gonna be revamping our whole perk stuff now that we're doing vfx stuff awesome we're be doing like a whole tutorial series and everything but anyway uh besides that um i'm trying to catch my, my thought. oh yeah so basically like we usually make okay money through ads alone and that's enough to kind of fund the projects um like certain things it's kind of like a i'll do this for you and you'll do this for me and there's no money but then for other things where there's more specialty stuff like the 3d modeling and stuff uh cedric will just give us a really really discounted price um so we're paying like a fifth of what it would normally cost um, which is awesome. I really appreciate that. And um, so that that kind of, I mean, I can literally just tell you, like, this month was less. So I think we only made, like, $200, um, mm -hmm. which is usually very low. I think normally we get, like, 200 to 500 a month with ad, yeah. ad rev. Um, but a it's a whole weird do, thing with ad yeah, rev because I, I used to be on it. Um, but I oh, got yeah. kicked off because I didn't have enough watch hours. So every oh, yeah, couple months I would that, get, yeah. like, yeah, every couple months I would mm -hmm. get, like, 200 bucks in the mail and i was like oh that's great i'm not doing a ridiculous amount but i'm still getting something yeah. but um but i i think that what you're doing with the patreon is m more so the way that people have been going as of mm -hmm. late which is yeah. great also so, we I have mean, another like, comment <laughs> that? we have another comment 
<laughs> so Rob is Rob is excited. Oh, cool, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. It's not. I always love when I meet people in the wild who like actually know what SCP is. Um, like I said, I have to get you involved with uh, VBT. They clearly the, all of these comments from Rob and Melissa and VBT. They know what they're talking about. Cool. But yeah. Sorry to derail your uh, talk of uh, YouTube revenue. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, merch and um, a lot of people don't know this, but really, how YouTubers make all their money is through sponsorships and merch. Um, like, don't quote me on this, but from people I've. There are a couple of bigger YouTubers I know, um, and from people, their friends who are even bigger, like a million, two million subs, they can get like 10, 10K, 20K with a sponsorship for just mm -hmm. like two videos. Um, so that's really how, like, if you want to get big, if you want to get rich as a YouTuber, you need like an agent or you need to just have access to like certain um, subscribers, I mean, um, sponsorships. I gotcha. Yeah. It's the same with people on Instagram because yeah. they'll get paid to pay, make make posts oh, i posted a picture with a quest thing on it today and they're gonna send me yeah, a free so, box yeah. of protein bars so like you cool. know yeah making that money with protein bars um <laughs> they don't pay me i am well, not sponsored actually that actually does remind me <laughs> the other way to make money for people are curious is it so there are actually some channels that only have like twenty thousand uh subscribers but they make like 100k a month i mean a, a year um and it's through something called amazon affiliate so i'm sure you know i have that, that. Yeah. I'm a part of that. I'm, so, I'm very like, bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, for example, if you're like, there's one guy I watch, he's like the sous vide steaks. Um, and he's made so much money, especially when he was younger, just by selling like grilling equipment through an Amazon affiliate. Mm -hmm. um, so like, sadly, I can't do that. But that's why a lot of like yeah. gear based or tutorial based stuff, they end up making tons of money, even if they're a small channel. Yeah, I got 38 bucks in my Amazon account because someone clicked on the link somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It was great. That's the best part. It doesn't need to read directly the item that they're clicking on as long as they buy something off of Amazon within mm -hmm. like a day or something. Yeah. So uh, I got to get that in check. It's on my to-do list. Like get all my yeah, gear no. on there. Um, I think it's worth like investing in. Yeah. I got to work on that. The one thing that I really want is the 10,000 uh, followers on Instagram so I can put the swipe up mm. links whenever you see something that I'm using. So yeah, nice down one. the line, uh, you know, gotta gotta do a lot of uh groundwork to get there i have like 1500 people that i need to get to get there damn yeah gotta work <laughs> what's frustrating about us is like we'll have like almost 150,000 subs on youtube but then we have like a thousand on instagram yeah you know it's really hard to get people so i'm just constantly whenever i mm -hmm. can I'll, I'll just share it but it is really hard to like get people to move to different platforms yeah i've noticed that and especially with what went on with tiktok where they had that scare everyone's mm -hmm. like Oh, go to my Instagram and like it. And I was like, I want to follow and support my creators that I watch on TikTok. So I went and I followed their Instagrams. But these people that have thousands and thousands of followers on TikTok had like 500 followers or like yeah. less on Instagram, which was interesting and really, really shows that people get invested in whatever the biggest, I guess, representation of whatever that brand is. So if it's mm -hmm. for my biggest followings are for this show, Facebook. But for my actual content, it's Instagram. Hmm. And then YouTube is the one that's the lowest. I mean, I have some that are some videos that do quite well. Like I did a, a lighting video for Zoom calls and that just passed about yeah, 30,000, which nice. is great. Um, yeah. But uh, but the thing is, like those people are the YouTube people and they don't like hmm. to go and find my stuff on Facebook and they don't want to follow me on Instagram because yeah. they already are following me on YouTube. I mean, like for us, how I interact with fans is I use uh, this app called Discord. Um, mm -hmm. 
which is kind of like Zoom. I was just on Discord. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you know about it. Um, but it's basically like it was originally meant for gamers, so a lot of young people use it. So that's how I always try to di get direct interaction with fans. It's a great way to like, because with YouTube, there's it's not like it, how it used to be, where if you if you're subscribed, it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get all the video updates. Mm -hmm. So that's why I want to get people on Instagram and Discord. Is so, who knows? In case we get shadow banned or we have issues yeah. with YouTube, we have that backup. Um, I, you but, bring up a really interesting point because I know that for some people, even if you subscribe to someone, doesn't mean that it's going to show up on your feed, mm -hmm. which is weird. Like you have to physically go in and turn on notification settings yeah, for that to happen. I mean, every YouTuber hates it. Like it's yeah. basically like one of the worst. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Discord's, it's definitely my go-to, but it's just, I don't know. I forget the business reasons why they did that, but I think it's literally one of the worst like decisions they've ever decided to do yeah i have a question for you so what do you think about youtube as a platform itself because i know it's very saturated with people these days mm -hmm. so in terms of actually like making it um on youtube like how much harder do you think it is now compared to like two years ago or even you know before that so i think ironically for my field it's I'm better than I was two years ago. Like a lot of the VFX stuff, the program I use for Blender right now was horrible two years ago. It was completely unusable. It didn't have animation it like, or it didn't have as well as animation. So I'm lucky tech wise. Um, it's allowed me to get, to be able to do things that normally would not be cost efficient to put on YouTube, like anything with 3D mm -hmm. VFX. Um, and the other nice thing is I feel like because I'm doing an SCP, um, that's the main market and just like sci-fi horror stuff yeah there really is not that much even today there really is not it's not that saturated of a field of like actual high quality consistent um stuff but like if you want to be a vlogger if you want to get into food if you want to get into education it is really hard to get into that um and that's almost like just a stroke of luck just super consistent and then maybe it'll take off but thankfully yeah. because i have a community i'm tapping into mm -hmm. um We've, I mean, like we grew way back. Like, for example, there are other YouTubers that are older than us. Like Evan Royalty, he's another SP YouTuber, and he he's at like 190, 190,000. Mm -hmm. He's been doing YouTube for seven years. Yeah. And like he only started doing SCP maybe two or three years ago, um, and that's what ended up making his career take off. Because if you do gaming, especially, mm -hmm. like there's no, it is so 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 hard to yeah. uh, move up. I think that's an interesting point because even with my channel, like mm -hmm. my channel, let me look at the stats on my channel because I have been doing it. Uh, it's been on and off, but this year it's been more so regular. And, um, oh, it, ha it says that we're live on my channel. Fun. Um, my like average 30 day views and I'm doing mostly educational videos is only like 16,000, but that's banking off of like that one video that's doing really well. A lot yeah. of my videos on YouTube have like, below 100 views but if you look on facebook it's got a couple hundred views if you look on instagram it's got a couple hundred views so i feel like it's it's a lot easier to pick other platforms as well to post the video like content for for that kind of thing like education yeah i youtube does surprisingly well for education once you pass i mean this is for most channels but once you pass like one the first 1000 is the hardest yeah 100%. And then mm -hmm. I'd say the first hundred thousand is the next hardest. And I've, mm -hmm. it seems like most channels, once they hit the quarter, quarter mil mark, yeah. they're like, they're good. Like you can actually start making a living. Like all the people mm -hmm. I know who are full-time YouTubers, they have half a million up subscribers. Makes um, sense. So yeah. it seems like those are the benchmarks kind of. 
Yeah, I have I have over that thousand mark. I have like thirteen hundred, but you know, yeah. I'm coming for you, James. I'm coming for you with that hundred and forty seven thousand. Look, there there's some like education is hot though. Like the ones that take off blow up. Um, especially yeah. if you do like history or um even tech stuff. Like I know like like um it's more posted, I guess, but like I know some people do premiere and blender tutorials mm-hmm. and they've blown up in the past year. Oh yeah, because that's yeah. something that people are searching for. Mm-hmm. Maybe I gotta do some post production. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't help. We have a, another comment. It it says, Hello James, longtime fan here. Quick question. What is your favorite part about doing SCP content? Here's to hoping that you'll hit the 1 million subs soon. So favorite part is definitely the collaboration. Um, like normally being a YouTuber is very isolated and you really, it's really hard to talk to other YouTubers out of blue because they intentionally walk themselves off from everyone else on the internet, um, understandably. Um, but I think that's gotta be the best aspect of it. Obviously I'm a fan of the community. So it's also really cool when like an author that you read, you read their work, like, I don't know, two years ago, and they're like, oh, my God, you made a video. I'm so honored. I'm like, I'm honored. <laughs> You're honored. Like, it's, it gets some fanboy a little bit, which is kind of fun. Um, yeah, I think that, and then just, like, the fan base has actually been surprisingly awesome. Um, it seems like, at least from my part, the YouTube community, there is little to no uh, drama, which I always that's appreciate. Good. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, collaboration is, like, one of the, the greatest things in our field because, you know, I might be a, a strong producer and have like a bunch of gear, but I am not an ideas person. Like mm-hmm. I, and if I can find an ideas person that I can work with, we can make amazing things. But you know, it's it's all about bringing your strengths to the table and being yeah. willing to have those conversations with people. So I'm glad that you were able to have those conversations and have a global, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, team at this point. Um, for someone that may want to you know start that kind of conversation how would you recommend that because obviously like you've had successful conversations with different uh creators i am so actually that can actually use kind of a parallel so evan royalty is another live mm-hmm. action channel that we've we haven't collabed but we're on good terms with we've talked um he and i have completely different uh ways of collaborating reaching out um for me i'm very open i'm very friendly um, and specifically, we have a Discord page that only SP creators can get into because basically mm-hmm. the people who run the website will go out and hunt for people to add to this Discord. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like r- reasons like there's like legal reasons like yeah. basically you have to do specific types of credit because it's a Creative Commons license. So mm-hmm. people who don't know what that is real quickly, it's just um, it's open source, the material, as long as you credit the creators of that original source. Um, but because of that, it kind of gives you a bit of an in where it's not, you're not just a rando. Um, and I'm always just extremely friendly and casual. I feel like if you get very corporate or businessy about it and it's more of just, hey, here's something I made. I never just say hi. Hello. Uh, like people do that. And I'm like, hi, I'm James. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, usually I'll try to say like, I'll think like, okay, what kind of content did they make? What do they seem to enjoy? And I'll send them like, hey, if you don't know us, I'm, following, I'm one of the guys from Made Fallen Foundry. Here's my videos. And I'll usually send our most popular video because it's like, oh, these guys exist. Yeah. Um, Here's my least popular a... video just so you guys can get an idea yeah. of my worst work. You know, no, I'm just kidding. Exactly. No, <laughs> I mean, like the process has changed a lot. Like when we were 10,000, 
it was more like we were the new kids on the block. So we had people actually approaching us who were like, hey, I'll help you out, which was so awesome. Um, and then uh, now that we're a little bit bigger, it's more of just like, I'll still do the same process of, hey, this is who I am. Here's our videos. And people are like, oh, I love you guys. And it's like, okay, cool. That just made everything easier. <laughs> but usually I'll specifically go out with how I want to collaborate. So that was one of my early mistakes is like, hey, can we collab? And they're like, "How? I'm down, but like how? Yeah. Um, and that was like, oh, shit. I didn't think this part through. <laughs> I just wanted to work with you um, mm -hmm. for the networking uh, reasons. But uh, that's kind of the main thing is you have to like map out like how do you guys both get something out of this? what are you guys going to be doing um and show some of like what makes you reputable what like gives you a reason that you'd want to be working with this person so those i think are all very good points and all very good direction on you know starting that conversation yeah so my like we're coming towards the end of like the hour so my big last question for you is for someone that wants to get into making like either sci-fi, horror, narrative uh, content, where would you say that they should start? Like, what would be your uh, advice for someone just getting into the industry? So this might not be a popular opinion, but I think this is what's kind of true is do not make original content at first. Um, make adaptations of stuff that has a pre-existing fan base. Um, that's what's worked for me. That's what's worked with other YouTubers I talk about who do live action film. Um, it is so hard as a live action narrative to create your own audience because it's such a slow process. You can't pump out three videos a week um, unless you're doing like found footage or kind of mm -hmm. easier to produce stuff. So I found that like, I know people who like, for example, this guy, Astartes, he actually does 3D animation, but it's high quality videos. He only releases like every three, four months, but he tapped into this thing called War, uh, Warhammer, which is a really popular, very niche um, board game slash video game. Mm -hmm. out there and he exploded i think now he like is going to be doing youtube full-time um but it seems like most people that are really narrative successful they have to tap into a fan base that they really love and then bring something unique to that um so i've seen people who do star wars that are vfx people they made content original content before then and then they made some star wars stuff and again it, it got viral it hit off they exploded mm -hmm. um so i think that's like my more general thing is find that community that you love and then think like, hey, how can I add to this community um, and do fan work? Um, and then the other thing is like, try to make a team. Try not to do it alone. Like, please mm -hmm. don't do it alone. <laughs> You're gonna... Yeah, even with the stuff I do, like when I was doing it alone, it was rough because, you know, shooting it, editing it, conceptualizing it, all of it yeah. like is a lot of work on top of your day job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like you're not going to be doing this full time unless you're lucky enough to be able to do that. Um I'm just like, there's so many little lessons you learn. Um, be organized. Please be organized. Like your file system. Like, because if you're going to start collabing, especially, you have to share those files with people. So if you send files to people and they're like, what am I looking at? You can literally waste hours and hours of people's time who mm -hmm. are basically doing you a favor. Um, yeah. I think it's funny because even uh, me and Eric, when we're working, I'll just dump all, like, if it's something I know I'm editing and I'm not really mm -hmm. worrying about it, I'll just dump all the files into like yeah. one big file. And then he'll like go in and try and do something. And he'll be like, oh my God, I can't understand what's this, whatever. But like for the work stuff, like we make the the interview, the B-roll, the this, the that, just yeah. so you can easily find it. So, oh, we have a comment. Organized files are life. <laughs> so much time. Um, and I think my other thing is be very active with your fan base constantly. Like fans will care about you so much more if you actually reply to their comments or give them a mm -hmm. heart. 
just be genuine about it. Don't be like fake or weird about it. Cause fa- mm-hmm. people will eat that up. I think one of the, my biggest mistake is put your face in your content, whether like, especially with narrative films, like one thing I realized is quarter digital, they're really big VFX and live action um, YouTube channel. And they're huge now. They have like 10 million subscribers. But uh, I found that I think part of the reason that they've been so successful is even though they're not always in their own videos, they always have an outro and intro with them mm-hmm. in it. So even if it's like a 10 second, 10 second thing. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing now for anything that's not a trailer because trailers, it's like it's yeah. a 30 second video. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have a 30 second outro. But that's what me and my whole team is trying to do. And there's another cooking traveling show that basically what they do is they show their entire production team at the end of the video. They have like a 10 second outro. As it's like a call to go to their Patreon and buy their merch. Yeah. But to me, it's like it made me care about that channel so much more compared to all the other cooking traveling shows I watched where it didn't feel like there was as much of like a sense of like a team behind it. Um, so like remind, cause that's the, th- the biggest hurdle with live uh, narrative stuff is just like, people don't understand how much work goes into mm-hmm. it. Cause they're so used to every other YouTuber. It's just a vlog or yeah. them talking on camera. So if you visually show your team or some mm-hmm. of the process as like a little quick outro or intro, I think that really would help a lot. I love that. And also like, you know, just, sharing on on like the patreon like any behind the scenes probably also helps Mm -hmm. because people are like oh there was like eight people there making this that's amazing like rather than being like oh it's just you know yeah james and 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 james over there with a camera and one person in a corner (laughs) and that's our patreon's really pretty tiny but so it can be a little discouraging sometimes we're all posts and like you get like two thumbs up and Mm -hmm. it's like well duh there's only like 15 people that have access to this post um, but definitely, yeah, I, that's one of our perks, I think, is like behind the scenes and like exclusive, uh, well, now what we want to do is more do tutorials now. So people can literally see step-by-step our process and learn from us. Um, I have a feeling that would be huge. I feel like people would totally be like, oh, I get to learn how they did this thing on Blender. Yeah, what? exactly. Like that Let paper in. Ironhead. Um, so, I mean, I learned that from Ian Huber, who's basically a really big, really creative, uh, Blender tutorialist, but he basically... Mm-hmm does it where it's super cheap, super bang for your buck. And then he says, hey, here are my models and here are my tutorials, depending on the tier you taste. So I'm like, why don't we do that? We are literally making original models now. We're making tutorials now. Nick's working on that. So like, I feel like people will actually have more of an incentive to like pay for us, to pay us instead of just yeah. pay your videos. I think people would definitely sit there and watch like how you do these things that you do because yeah. i know that there's a big market of people that just like to watch tutorials like they don't yeah. even do the tutorials they just like want to know how it's done <laughs> but i'm thinking like i've watched videos where i'm like i see a specific thing and i'm like how do they do that uh-huh. i'm like i'll look up tutorials and i can't find it so that's more of like mm-hmm. what we're trying to do specifically is like we'll have really specific things that we did in videos that and then patrons can directly request hey what tutorial do you want that's awesome so yeah well i wish you luck with that James, what are things that people can either find you on or are there any upcoming things for people to look out for uh, with uh, with your channel? So, you want us on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> and Instagram. Really? <laughs> Full on, at Full on Foundry for Instagram. Links in the description. I got um, you. Nice. Appreciate that. I'm usually the one doing that. Um, <laughs> for the podcast, at least. I wouldn't recommend the podcast only because that's very niche. So, don't worry mm-hmm. about that. Um I'm just gonna read the comment. Yeah, go for it. Oh yeah, see Eric. Eric's Eric. Eric point. is that guy. That's why I was yeah. like, I know there's people out there. <laughs> that, that's reassuring. I appreciate that. Um, and our next video, we're moving more moving into like kind of surreal. Hey, hi Joanna. Um, 
Do you know Joanna? Yeah, you should. Hofstra alum. Anyway. I, I know I, I've seen her pop up. Hi, Joanna. I don't know if I know you, but hello. Hofstra <laughs> <laughs> sure present. Uh, but basically, just real quick, uh, we're trying to do more like, again, like our VR video that we're going to be working, hopefully releasing in two months. That's going to mm -hmm. be about philosophobia, the fear of the open ocean. And it's basically Ooh. about these divers that have to inspect an oil rig and then something appears, something happens. Um, and then curious. The next video is uh, like found footage, kind of creepy monsters and stuff. So if you're into that, I mean, we're going to be doing dark comedy too eventually. So we also have kind of more of a weird surrealist kind of humor stuff too. So that's, if that's your ballpark, check us out. Awesome. Yeah. So everyone should hop over to YouTube right now. Cause I'm going to close the show and uh, subscribe to uh, forlorn foundry. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it guys. So James, I really want to thank you for coming on today. Uh, I am going to pull you off. I am going to close the show up and stick around because I'm going to thank you off camera. Oh, cool. Thanks, guys. All right. So thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I hope that you guys enjoyed learning a little bit more about sci-fi, horror, and the world of YouTube. Uh, make sure that you go and follow James on Instagram, uh, YouTube, wherever else you can find uh, Forlorn Foundry. Uh, VBT just uh, followed James. And uh, I hope that you guys uh, learned something today. And I hope that you guys come back next week for our next episode. We are going to have this video on the Celia Warner Productions Facebook page. It's going to be on the Celia Warner YouTube. You can find uh, it also on Spotify podcasts, Apple podcasts, whatever other podcast source that I can find uh, and SoundCloud. So I hope that you guys have a great night and I will see you guys next week. Make sure before you leave, you hit that uh, follow button if you haven't already. And yeah, that's basically it. I still have to script the outro. 64 episodes, still, still haven't done it. All right, guys, I hope you have an awesome night and I will see you guys soon.